Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, good morning. Izzy Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Kempe's away, so Louis Herman, what? will be leading the way today. Great to have you uh, tuning in. Thursday 1st of December. We've made it, December. Who would have thought? Man, this year has flown by. Plenty happening here and abroad. Hey, ready to rip into another hour of sports surfing coming up. Then we've got some shop put after eight, but right now, we're going to talk some boxing. It might have snuck up on you, and we'll forgive you for it, because Tyson Fury's trilogy with Derek the War Chisora isn't necessarily the most testing fight the champion has booked in the last few years, but that's on paper. And as we know, anything can happen with two heavyweights set foot in that ring. What we do know is that both men have promised for fireworks. Have you done any training? Are you still messing around? I'm still messing around. <laughs> And I'm going to knock you out. Let's give the fans what they want. Let's stand in the middle of the ring and batter the f*** out of each other. Do you want that? Yes. Batter the out of everyone, each other. How good. All this will be going on while Oleksandr Usyk, the man with three of the bouts, will reportedly sit ringside, setting the scene for a drama-filled night in front of 60,000 English fans. At Hotspur Stadium, Dev Sani has been right in the thick of this build-up. He's a host for Frank Warren's Queensbury Promotions. How's it going, Dev? It's going very well. I love the way you set the scene for the fight there. That was, that was brilliant, guys. You've, you've actually got me even more excited, as if I could be more excited. <laughs> Mate, it's always exciting when you see the Gypsy King stepping into the ring. Every time he steps out, you think, oh, this might be his last. But no, you'll never give it up. How seriously is Tyson taking this fight? Very seriously. I mean, look, after the Dillian White fight at Wembley Stadium back in April, it looked for the world like he'd retired. He said he'd retired. He said that he could have done a lie detector test and it would have said, yeah, he's right. He's retired. However, (laughs) in those four months or so when he was retired, he realized he couldn't be retired. He missed boxing too much. So he's taking this very seriously. Look, he wanted Alexander Rusick next. It couldn't be made. He wanted Anthony Joshua in, in the place of Usyk. It couldn't be made. So he landed on Derek Chisora. And one thing that he's guaranteed with Chisora is that Derek Chisora will bring a war to his door. He is gonna, he's, look, he's either going to go out on his back, but either way, he's going to go out swinging. And he's, uh, Tyson Fury is going to know he's been in a fight. <laughs> Dev, is there any chance Tyson is looking through Derek and and like he's such a seasoned veteran, he's been in the ring so we, we've seen what he can do because of his fights with Joseph Parker. We're very familiar with 
the war. But is there any way Tyson is looking through him a little bit? Because it would be hard not to with the prospect of Alexander Usyk there, wouldn't it? Well, look, if he is looking for him, if he is looking past him, Derek Chisora is the sort of fighter that can find that out. If Tyson, for whatever reason, oh, just no. skips a run, skips a session in the gym, or not thinking fully about Chisora, hey, other fighters have done it in the past and come un- unstuck against Derek Chisora. He's the wrong sort of guy to uh, to sort of take lightly in there. If, you, if you're sort of found wanting a bit, he w- he's the guy to find you out. So I hope not. Every time he's asked about other fights like Usyk, like Joshua. At this point, he's just sort of saying, look, I'm not even bothered, really. I'm not bothered. Whoever wants to fight, they can fight me, and I'm, I'm ready to go sort of thing. But Chisora's the man who stepped up to the plate. It's Saturday night, and look, they, they made an agreement yesterday right in front of me that they are, they're just going to sort mm. of stand and, stand and trade, which is good news for everyone. <laughs> so what Chisora are we expecting? I know there's a little quote there from uh, Fury. Have you even been training? Are we expecting a, a fully fit war Chisora, or are we going to see a one-hitter quitter try and get him out early? No, I, th- I think we're seeing war. Like uh, I think Fury said that a little bit tongue-in-cheek. If you actually had a look yeah. at Chisora at the workout, he looked in shape. Um, and I saw him probably about a month ago where he was, you know, a little bit bigger, a little bit flabbier, but that's gone now. Now he's looking in shape. He looks ready to do exactly what he says on the tin, and that is bring a war. Uh, and he does put in that work. And his, uh, his trainer, Ruben, or his strength and conditioning coach, Ruben Tavares, has said that he's hitting times in the gym that he wasn't even hitting two years ago. He's looking better than ever. So uh, let's, let's see. Let's see if it helps him against Oof. Tyson Fury, but I'm, I'm expecting that the very best watch is Aura. Beautiful. That's great news because we all want to see a, a tough fight. And the, I always take it with a grain of salt when fighters say they'll stand and bang because, as you know, Dev, no one really knows what's going to happen until that <laughs> bell goes. And yeah. <laughs> if a bit of self-preservation is needed from, I suspect, Tyson Fury, I'm sure he's not just going to put himself and leave his chin vulnerable. He's too good anyway for that. He understands what's on the, at stakes here. Look, looking at Derek Chisora's... Um, Checkered history, is he the guy that Tyson can still get a big, I guess, uh, explosive fight out of? Like, can this still make both of them more attractive moving forward? Do you know what I mean? Or is this very much a holding pattern fight? Well, look, I mean, look, the, the all roads lead to Alexander Rusik in the first part of next year. It would be quite a disaster if Tyson Fury was to lose on Saturday night. I'm sure he won't be in there taking any unnecessary risks. But the thing that you you pointed to about are, are they going to stand and trade or are they just saying it, what I would point out is that Tyson Fury's got a new style. The style that he used to beat Vladimir Klitschko back in 2015, seven years ago, I'm not sure that Tyson Fury still exists. He's now 34 years old, and we've seen in his last few fights, maybe his feet have slowed down a bit more. And, and he seems to be sitting down on his punches. He seems to be getting guys out of there. He's turned into a bit of a bulldozer. So if you're going to approach Derek Chisora as a bulldozer, you won't have to go looking for him. Derek Chisora is going to be right there trying to bulldoze you. So um, look, I'm very excited about that. I, uh, I don't think he's um, going to be messing about in there. I do think he'll be just trying to get Derek Chisora out of the way as quickly as possible. All right, it's Tyson Fury's not looking through Chisora. Chisora's not looking through Fury. What are the promoters doing? What's on the ground? What's the gravy? What's the oil over there in the UK regarding the Usyk fight? 
Well, look, I'm I'm hearing very strong rumours, guys, and I, look, I can't confirm this right now, but I'm hearing strong rumours that Alexander Usyk will be ring ringside. I confirm it. I can't confirm. What if you don't turn up? Are you, are you gonna have a go? Yeah, you're gonna ring you, ring me up. But um, look, I'm, I'm hearing these rumours that Usyk will be there. He'll be there ringside. This is what we're hearing. Um, his manager, mm. Alex Krasek. Uh, he's got a fighter on the undercard as well, Dennis Baranchik. So there, there seems to be a, a little bit of a, a nice marriage uh, appearing there, appearing to form. Hopefully he's ringside and, um, you know, it, it could be a bit of fun. Should Tyson Fury come through, Usyk watching on. Of course, there was the iconic image before when Anthony Joshua won a fight and Usyk was watching on from the crowd and sort of staring at him and it, it sort of set up their fight for a couple of years later. I hope that's going to be the case. And... Um, that that's what everyone appears to be aiming for. We've just uh, got a bit of a war to navigate on Saturday night. Look, at, at his yes. best, I, I struggle to see anyone getting near Tyson in the heavyweight division at the moment, just because of his pure size and co- like. Just he's a bit of a freak, isn't he? Like when you add it all together. Mm-hmm. But saying that, Alexander Usyk is terrifying. That guy is a terrifying human. The middleweight. He is a terrifying <laughs> human being because he's just, he's, he seems to be built differently, doesn't he, Dev? Look, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. He's a, a phenomenal talent. Um, but ultimately, I, th- I think from Tyson Fury's side, from, from this side, it's, it's going to come down to size, a, a fight like that, and, yeah. uh, and knowing how to use your size. Where Alexander Usyk had a lot of success against Anthony Joshua was perhaps because Joshua didn't box as the big man, as he should have done. Yeah. If Usyk had approached uh, a Tyson Fury fight like that, or even a fight with someone like Joe Joyce, these are big men who know how to beat big men, and they have rock-solid chins, um, and, and ultimately size is going gonna, is gonna to matter there. Usyk is, is fantastic, but I'm not sure he's proven himself against a big heavyweight that knows how to use their size. You saw his fight with Derek Chisora, um, I think it was about a year ago now, but he's, he's had a fight with Derek Chisora, and Derek Chisora was able to cause him a bit of discomfort in there. Some would say that Derek Chisora gave him a better fight over 12 rounds than Anthony, over 20, uh, than over 12 rounds than Anthony Joshua did uh, in 24 rounds. And, you know, in terms of volume punching and pressure fighting, both Joe Joyce and Tyson Fury, I, th- I think they could also have Usyk in a lot of trouble. I think the, the the Tyson Fury will be too good for the middleweight. I'm expecting. I can't wait to watch that, mate. Boxing in the heavyweight division is, is on fire at the moment. You spoke about it. Titanium skull Joe Joyce. We've seen it with the Joseph Parker fight. We're going to talk yeah. our, about our very own down under. What's the market like for Joseph Parker after his um, defeat to Joe Joyce? What's an ideal fight for him? No, I, don't, I don't think he's, um, he's, he's lost out too much there. He took a risk. Uh, both Joe Joyce and Joe Parker took a risk, and they should be commended for taking that risk. Oh, they yeah. put on a what great, a, a great fight. Yeah, a tremendous fight and a, and a great win for for Joe Joyce. But Joe Parker came away with, I, I think, his he can hold his head high, and I think he can still beat an awful lot of heavyweights out there. And he's still so young; I'm pretty sure he's only like 30 years old. So he mm. can definitely come again as long as he's got the hunger, as long as he wants to do it. He can definitely come again, and he can beat most of the guys out there. So, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what his next move is. I think he should have a, a bit of an easier one to come back. He deserves it after going to war with Joe Joyce. And then he can push on and get in the rankings and, and, and make his way towards a shot. Well, I saw he was leaving uh, Auckland International Airport only yesterday, so he might be on his way to Tottenham 
um, well, Hotspur Stadium, Dev, because they're obviously so tight with the Gypsy King. Hey, one last one from me before we let you crack on. Anthony Joshua, he came across pretty borderline deranged after that last loss. Uh, he, he freaked out in the moment. His boxing's been going downhill for a wee while, or he's just been found out by tough matchups for him. Where is he at? Obviously, there will always be a market for him because of who he is, what he looks like, and his background. But where is he at as a fighter? I think you you said something quite key there, is that there'll always be a market for Anthony Joshua. And most of the big fights that can be made in the heavyweight division still involve Anthony Joshua, regardless of whether or not he's he's coming off these losses. Where he is in terms of his boxing, he he needs to rebuild his confidence. Um, Those those back-to-back defeats to Usyk and, you know, what happened after the, the second fight weren't a particularly great look. I think it's good for him that he's taking a bit of a break. We're not going to see him until next year now. Um, obviously, he's not with us. He's not with Queensbury. He's with uh, Matchroom over there. And I'm sure they're going to ease him back in next year. I can't imagine that he'll go in with someone who uh, is a, a huge threat. They're talking about maybe Dillian White. They're talking about Wilder. I think he'll have a bit of an easy one before going in with someone like that, just to get his confidence back up. Beautiful. Dev, we appreciate you coming on, mate, and sharing those insights on this weekend's big fight, Fury. Every time Fury steps in the ring, mate, I book it because I just absolutely love what he's about. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time this morning. Take care and uh, have a good weekend, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers, Dev. Awesome. I love talking boxing, Izzy, and this one did creep up on me. This one came out of nowhere, to be honest. happening. Well, you just think like the war Chisora, like he's he's just a he's an absolute battling ox, isn't he? Like he just goes out here. He's a big human. He's going probably towards the end of his career, but he's not one of the big big names. So you just think, is this just a fill in for Tyson Fury just to give him some rounds before he heads into Usyk? But hey, like you said earlier, heavyweight division, one punch, mate, Gonski. So that's all it takes. You can, be aware. You can't look past anyone, can you? But nah, the nah. class, the golfing class is different, and they've copped a lot of criticism. I didn't want to tell Dev about, well, because he would know, because obviously he works for Tyson Fury's promoter there, Frank Warren, and he's been right in the thick of promoting it. But there has been a decent amount of criticism from boxing pundits over in the UK saying, well, you said you were retired, and this is the fight you came out of retirement for. But I do kind of mm. believe Dev that he was hamstrung a bit on who wanted to fight him. I don't think people are jumping out of trees to get in the ring with Tyson Fury at this stage nah. of his career. It's hard to make a fight nah. when you're that good. Uh, that's right. Yeah, they're, they're not jumping out of the ring. To, uh, jumping in the ring to have a fight with Fury because he's bloody that good. He is the best heavyweight I feel in in the division. I, I think he'd be too good for Usyk. Like you said, size, getting in there, just technical side of boxing. Very, like, Usyk's very, very technical, a middleweight. But I just think the size lets him down. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I can see with their frustration though. Fury comes out and you know he's always fought the the best Wilder, the Wild Trilogy that was very very good. Then he had they fought Dillian White. Like there's there's been some good fights, and we're all waiting for that fight. A Joshua fight would have been better than this. It would have been ideal for Joshua to come out, but a Joshua three losses in a row. What does that do to your kind of credibility and and who you are as a fighter and your respect in the game? I think Joshua would avoid that at all costs. I, I tell you the wild card for me, and 
I just can't get the image out of Joe Joyce knocking Joseph Parker out of my head. It, it, it was honestly shocking because it was something we'd never seen before. But the way that Joe Joyce just walked through, and everybody's always said, JP, did you see those punches on his skull, mate? JP's got oh, hard hands. Everyone has always said that, and he just walked through it, and he kept coming, yeah. and he did for. And then we said, oh no, his engine's not big. He's never been tested. The longer it went, the better he got. He's the wild card for me in all of this. I'm and and yeah. I've had people that <laughs> no, actually it was Leo Malloy, and he reckons he knows a lot about boxing. And he said to me, "Mate, look at his age." He said he he can never get better than this. He said, "Don't worry about Joe Joyce; he's not a factor." That was Leo's take. I remember at the pub that's what that's what he that's yeah. what he reckoned. But I just watched it, and I couldn't see a world in which he didn't get better from that fight. Yes, he's old, mm. but professionally he was quite immature at the time, and he hadn't been tested. He's the wild card for me, is he? Oh, I like it. I like it. And you can see when you when you listen to Tyson Fury when he talks about Joe Joyce and the respect. Like that's a different approach when Tyson Fury's talking about Joe Joyce than he is talking about other fighters because he knows deep down what he witnessed ringside happening to Joe Parker could happen to Tyson Fury. Like, mate, you are so right. Like those punches Joe was throwing at him. Straight through the gloves, right on the front of the cranium, right there on the skull, and he just walked through it, and he just kept coming. And he's a, he's not like a real um, kind of th- th- frightening fighter. Like his punching styles, it's quite laboured. It, it doesn't look really technical and quick, but man, he can just pack a punch behind it, and he just got a big engine, and that's what you need in the fight game. You got to be able to take punches, and you got to be able to give punches. And mate, Joe Joyce, I, I think I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I think people are trying to avoid him, and that's why you got to applaud Joseph Parker for actually throwing it out there Ooh. and trying to take on the best. And maybe this is me hanging on to this hope that hey, you know, like when you're doing form, right? And it's like, well, you can only really judge the form in retrospect. If Joe Joyce goes on and goes on a tear, a tear from here, and then it's like, well, hold on, all of a sudden that Parker result and that fight looks way better. And it, to me, it already does. I'm giving him credit, and I'm looking forward to seeing where those two men get to next. Is he 22 minutes past seven? What do you think? What's the matchup you want? Usyk Fury is the logical one, but if you could put any heavyweights together at the moment, remember we've got Ruiz and Wilder in the States as well. Who do you want to see? 22 minutes past seven, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We'll talk to you on the other side. Yes, welcome back, all you surfing frothers. Stay tuned. Hey, well done, everyone. It might not feel like it, but we have made it to summer. There are the good months. The countdown is on to Christmas, and surely by then the weather would have pulled its head in. I hope so, for the surfers' sake anyway. It's one of the summer sports that gets a great run at all levels, from social to competitive, and Ben Kennings. From Surfing New Zealand is here to let us know where the hot spots are going to be this year. Morena Ben, how you doing, brother? Morena, how are you, Izzy? Yeah, good, mate, good. Going to get back to Gizzy uh, over in a couple of weeks' time, so no doubt Pines, Wainui Beach, Midway Ooh. will be absolutely pumping, mate. We're expecting a big summer <laughs> I of surf. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> mate. What's the summer looking like, mate? Is, uh, are we expecting a good summer of surf? I know all the pundits out there will be listening, hoping so. Yeah, I think so. So we're still in a, uh, what they call a La Nina weather pattern. So 
Um, mm. Water temperatures generally generally a little bit warmer, which means we get these storms coming out of the northeast. So for Gizzy especially, um, good waves um, certainly around the Pines area, um, all through mm. the northeast coast as well. Um, get a lot more swell. You get the easterlies with it, um, but not not too many people on the east coast worry about that. Um, for the west <laughs> coast, obviously they're going to get some nice offshore winds, so it'll spread the crowd out, I'd imagine. Oh, that's good to yeah. hear, Ben. Great to have you on the show. It's like everyone's been lamenting the weather. It's just seemed like it's been so wet after it was so dry to start the year. So that weather pattern you just mentioned, has it actually affected the surf and the waves that we've been getting so far through winter for those brave enough? Oh, absolutely. So the East Coast, sometimes in winter, um, if you go back in the day, it, it can go flat for weeks on end, but um, this whole winter and last year, to be honest, or the last three years in the La Nina pattern, we've had swell almost every week, which is kind of, well, it's the new normal, but it was unheard of. So um, being very good, and likewise for the West Coast, perfect offshore winds um, a lot of the time throughout winter. So for surfing, uh, it has been a great weather pattern. What about competitions for our very own back home, mate? Eh? What are some key dates for our comps coming up over summer? Have we got anything coming up? Yeah, so we have a full calendar of domestic events this year, which we're looking forward to getting mm. into. Uh, season always starts off with the National Champs this year. It's at Tiha from the 8th till the 14th of January. So all our Dang. top surfers will be back in the country for that. So it's always good to um, get everyone together. That that event runs from like under fourteen year old uh, boys and girls through to over sixty. So really brings everyone together, kicks off the season in the best way possible. What what are our surfing ranks looking like at the moment? We've had Ricardo Christie on here uh, a few times, and I was hearing little stories. He might be making a wee little comeback. You've still got it. You got <laughs> Kehu Butler riding around there for Red Bull. Ella Williams, um, Billy Steadman's. So, what's the future looking like, mate? A lot of young frothers out there. Yeah, I think I need to come to you for that, Gizzy Intel. No, I have talked to Ricardo a bit. Uh, we've got an <laughs> Olympic qualifying year next year, and I think that's something yeah. that he's looking at. So Paris 2024 for us is actually in Tahiti, a uh, famous mm. wave called Chalpu, which is uh, oh, pretty deadly. Yuck. And he's he's looking at that going, hey, I, I, I want a piece of it. So I'd say he'll be at the Oof. national champ. Um, at the moment, we've got Kihu Butler competing in Hawaii. Uh, he just advanced through his heat yesterday. He's going to be up later today in the round of 64. Um, waves look like they suit him. He's looks like he looks like he's informed. So, looking forward to that. In terms nice. of the girls, Paige is on her way back. She bypassed the last event of the year in Hawaii, and she's heading home for a little break. And hopefully, we'll catch her at Piha in January. So, those that Halle Eva challenger is on right now. I just pulled it up. It's funny, Ben, because this yep. time of the year used to be on the old WSL format, like the crunch time, right? We were pretty much, yeah. we were, we were. This is when titles were being decided. Mm. Um, obviously, Sunset was pumping, and then you'd obviously have Pipe on the North Shore. They've changed it around. So, and like, I still haven't even managed to get my head around this, and it's probably lazy on my behalf. I haven't tried hard enough, but. When does the like CT season kick off, and what surfing do we have, competitive surfing from the WSL do we have through December? Yeah, so you know, they really flipped the calendar around. Like you said, it always finished in Hawaii with Pipe Masters. Now it starts mm. in Hawaii with the Pipe Masters and runs through till September in quite a different format. And like you say, the Challenger Series is on at the moment. There's actually three tiers. 
regional and then the challenger series which is the undercard for the championship tour which is the top um, 30 guys and the top 16 women so for december for the wsl this is it this is the big one the last chance for all the um all the up-and-comers to make it onto the world tour and and then the 2023 season kicks off in January, so a much earlier start now than in previous years. So it's in January, so it still starts at pipe. And is that, so obviously the winter over there is when you get pipe absolutely firing. Have you, is there any like feedback come from the surfers about the, the new format and how they like the calendar change? Is it still like, are they still scoring the same sort of waves and the conditions at that time of year? Yeah, I think they do. So uh, Pike uh, is really good. Pike, oh, uh, yeah, in Hawaii on the North Shore, really good through that January period. Uh, December can be a little bit fickle for them. Um, uh, majority of the athletes, I think, tow the company line and say they like the new format. It's really uh, engaging for the fans, and it's really cool to watch. And they have a, a mid-year cut and stuff, so a lot more... Uh, on the line, a lot more excitement. I think for some of the athletes lower down, it's a bit of a challenge. You, you know, you bust your guts for years on end, get onto the world tour, and then you get five goes at it, and then you get knocked off if you if you don't make the cut. So, some of them uh, are not a big fan, but in terms of the spectators, awesome to watch. But it, it, well, I remember a couple of years ago when I got married, Ricardo actually made the the WSL and uh, he missed his flights and he, he turned up to my wedding about half an hour late. So I remember that. He got on it really hard, mate. So, so he was our latest WSL uh, entrant. Uh, have we got anyone that's knocking on the door? I know Billy Steadman was really close. Is Kew Butler going to really push close to getting on the tour? Like who Who is our realistic opportunity and chance? Put the pressure on them, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this year on the Challenger <laughs> Series, we had uh, Billy Seaman, Kehu Butler from Mount Manui, yeah. and Paige from Taranaki. Um, unfortunately, none of them are going to qualify this year. Kehu's got the best mm. chance of breaking inside the top 50. Uh, so then they're going to swing back around to the regional qualifying series uh, from January through to May, and then into the Challenger Series May through to December. Oh, it's bloody next hard, year. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and then we're going to have a go. So. Kehu, um, I guess, as the youngster, is the one that the one to watch. He's going to yeah. um, come through. He's only 22, I think, this year. Um, so he's got a few um, a few less uh, years on him than Billy and Paige, who are into yeah. the early 30s. Mm-hmm. But um, Paige is always there or thereabouts as well. She's such a, an amazing competitor um, and a brilliant surfer. And if she gets things going her way next year, she could easily qualify as well. We're rooting for yeah. them always, Ben. Love the work you do. Uh, first day of summer, perfect guest to have on, mate, and we'll talk to you throughout mm. summer ahead of Nats. Out of Wish Peter. I could surf. <laughs> yeah, save us. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll give you a lesson. We'll give you a lesson. Let us know. <laughs> mate, those boards can't hold this big rig up. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find one. We'll find one, I swear. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Ben. Appreciate Cheers, it. Ben. No worries. Guys. Hey, uh, Kempy's got boards that he can surf on, as he see, you'll be fine. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. But those are bloody long boards. He might as well be on a boat. How <laughs> floatable those things are. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Kempy. I'm only joking, but I'm the same. I've been out surfing, been out surfing, and um, with Bobby, Bobby Hanson, real good gizzy surfer, he took me out. He's going into those waves. I was absolute, this was when I was fully fledged, all black. Bat, 
Paddling out the back, bro. Gone skis. Arms dead. Just real tired. I was like, holy hecka. Anyway, Bobby Hansen's out there. Go, Diggy, go, Diggy. I'm paddling hard. He's just behind me, pushing me into this wave. I needed help to get pushed into this wave to stand up. It was so hard. I was like, wow, wee, these surfers are so fit. Yes, yeah, sir. Can't stand why they're about a metre high. Uh, surf fit is just a different sort of fit, eh? And, and like, like you lose it if you don't. My dad at the moment, he's out at New Brighton. He surfs pretty much every day, two times a day. And if he didn't, he didn't surf because he got COVID and he struggled to come back. You got, you got to gonna use it or lose mm. it. That surf fitness. Mm. Um, speaking of use it or lose it, well, we'll lose it when we read a couple of these texts. There's some hilarious ones on the other side. <laughs> seven minutes away from eight. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park. Working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. I don't know what it is, that song just gets me going every single time. There are many different ways of being an inspiration as Kiwis come in all different shapes and sizes with different lives and backstories to share. Our recent success at Paralympic level has been nothing short of refreshing and welcomed as our disabled athletes have time and time again represented New Zealand with distinction at the top. When Lisa Adams won a gold medal, and the women's shot put F37 at the Tokyo Para Games, it completed an incredible rise to the top of her support, considering she only picked up a put, seriously, a few years earlier. She joined her sister, turned coach Dame Valerie, as a gold medalist at the pinnacle for their sports, and showed once again that there is an opportunity for everyone if you work hard enough and dedicate yourself to a cause. Now Lisa's paying it forward as the Sanitarium Wheatbix Kids Triathlon Ambassador. Yes, the world-famous Wheatbix Triathlon is back. How good? And our next gen of Kiwi stars of all shapes and sizes and abilities are getting their crack to start their athletic journey. And Lisa is on the line with us this morning. More than an athlete, Lisa Adams. Morning. Good morning. Appreciate your time this morning, Lisa. How stoked are you to be an ambassador for such an iconic event that so many of our tamariki have taken part in. Yeah, I'm really honoured and grateful too to be a part of this um, campaign for the kids. I, I feel like we're all about, you know, trying to encourage the youth and all that and, and bring through, you know, that angatahi kind of inspire the next generation to come and fill our shoes. And yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome campaign to be a part of. What does the ambassadorial role look like for yourself, Lisa? Like, what will you be doing on the ground with these kids to to ensure that uh, they're competing? What does it look like? Yeah, so I, you know, all around champion the kids, and I attend the events, and I'm I'm very, uh, you know, encouraging them, cheering for them. I get to you know do the medal presentation once they finish the their. Um, events and stuff, which is that's probably the most special part. But just encouraging them to try their best, give it a go, um, encouraging mm. kids to register if they haven't done so already, and yeah, just trying to drive the numbers of kids' participation up, really. That's awesome, Lisa. Nice. Did, did you, coming from where you've come from to today when you're a part of this, are the opportunities easier to come by for all sorts of New Zealanders to take part in sport? and be outside and take part in organised sport, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think so. 
coming from, you know, just looking back on the opportunities that were around when I was younger, there were some, but there were very few, but I feel like sports and, you know, physical activities developed majorly over the last, you know, 20 years. But there's lots of pathways that kids can take to try and get them to that next level of sports or physical activity. It's huge. Where did your journey start with sports and athletics? Obviously, it goes hand in hand with a few of your iconic sporting family Fano members, but where did your journey start? <laughs> um, so I've always loved sport, and at primary school, I tried, you know, many sports, and I actually started playing basketball just because my older brother, Sydney, played basketball, and I guess that became my first love. So I played basketball for about 15 years. Um, but I've always just tried sports because I wasn't too sure if I could or couldn't play them. So I've always just tried stuff. I'm always keen to try new things. And, yeah, if I like it, I stick with it. If I, I don't, I don't. But, yeah, just giving it a go has, has been huge for me. And that's how I got into athletics. So. Have you always felt pretty good at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right, not bad at that. Did you always feel welcome, um, Lisa, with your disability? Did you always find it easy to, I don't want to say fit in, but you know, like in those circles around sports teams, was there always an opportunity? For the most part, yes. I think it was more. It wasn't like I was shunned away, but I think I needed the self-confidence to do it. But I also felt like if I wanted to keep up with, you know, able-bodied people and play mainstream sport, I felt like I needed to work harder to almost prove that I could keep up with them as well. But, I, yeah, I definitely wasn't shunned away. But, yeah, I, I think it was probably more on me. Like, everyone else was very welcoming. You know, they didn't see me any different, but I just, know that I'm different, so I felt, yeah, I need to, to try and bridge that gap by training harder or, you know, working harder to keep up with the rest. As a country, the Paralympians have always excelled on the big stage. Can you give us a little insight to the Paralympic program and and why it has been so successful? And just to add to that, other other pathways there for 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 kids out there that maybe have some disabilities to go on and, and what are those pathways? Yeah, absolutely. So I can kind of only speak to, you know, what I've done in, in my NSO, our NSO, um, National Sporting you know, Organisation. They're very inclusive. We're lucky to be integrated as a whole. You know, Athletics New Zealand, we're not separate para-athletes there. But uh, there are some great pathways for, you know, disabled kids or kids with impairments through, like, the Halberg Foundation. You know, they have Halberg games there, so kids can be identified through there. Um, we also, for athletics, have a lead para coach that will implement, you know, uh, camps here and there to try and bring these athletes through as well. We actually have one next month, so. That's, that's awesome, Lisa. And for you, yeah. athletics has been what's kind of put you on the map of late. But I was just doing a bit of research. You've done a, a fair bunch of different sports, including some – you've been a footballer as well, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, just – yes, that was one of the sports I tried. Um, I played – yeah, I played rugby union. Uh, I said I would if I could find some boots that I could fit. Um, so, yeah, I found some <laughs> – some size 15 boots in the shop and then I 
signed up for rugby just to give it a go, but I love the contact, and it's amazing. Size 15. Now, I'll give you an inkling. That's Luke Romano's foot. Luke Romano's got a giant foot. Size 15. That is awesome. Can, can you talk to me about the upbringing? Like, I mean, my upbringing, I've got a big family, and I used to get smoked every week, 100 nil by my brothers. <laughs> like, the battles that you had endured through your life. Like, what was it like growing up in the Adams household? Oh, yeah, of course. Cool. So I particularly grew up with two sisters and two brothers. And, yeah, yeah we were always just at each other all the time. But I, I'm grateful as well. You know, some of most of it was self-inflicted because I was a mark, so I would get a hiding. That's me. That's me. Tougher. It makes you tough. So, yeah. You know, you, you, if you can fight with boys then, as, a, as a female, then... Yeah, you're good to go, so. <laughs> I was always protected, so I always used to run to my mum, and mum would like, leave him alone, leave him alone, and they all come at me, and so there's a little saying at my house, my boy, my boy, leave my boy alone. So that was me. That was me. I think we were on the same page, Lisa. Oh, I think it's hugely important, like these big families, the the kids, the what they endure during their, love, um, their, their younger lives, will uh, ensure that they can go on and, and deal with even anything in their older lives. What's next for you, Lise? What, what, what's, what are your goals moving forward? Yeah, sorry, just to think to what you just said, you're absolutely right. I think that's why, you know, the Sanitarium Week Experience Triathlon, it plays a key role in the kids, you know, keeping kids' lives to just encourage them to be fit and healthy, but also gain that confidence and, and self-belief by completing, you know, their triathlon to kind of give them the confidence to carry on with sport if they wish to do so. Um, but, yeah, sorry, I have world champs to qualify for, and those are in July in Paris next year. Beautiful. Oh, no doubt you'll be into full. So, oh, July, you got a bit of time there. So what do you do in your free time? I train, yeah. <laughs> I train. <laughs> I'm a mum as well. Yeah, and yeah, I study. I I keep busy. I keep busy, but yes. Yeah, so we train five to six days a week, and it's yeah, it's a lot of build up. Yeah, um, in preparation for these pinnacle events. So. Well, you're obviously a little bit more dedicated than Tom Walsh. I play golf with Tom Walsh, and he's just chilling at the moment. So maybe you need to get into his ear and uh, <laughs> sort him out. Sort him out. We'll see what he's doing. Hey, Lise, we appreciate you coming on the show. <laughs> We're very awesome. proud Thank of you, you down under. And, and thanks for the work you do for our tamariki for our sanitarium. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Lisa Adams. Character. Total character. She's still, still training hard, mate. Still training hard. Well, she trains hard. Don't get me wrong. Well, she trains extremely hard, but. Man, it's awesome. They take it seriously, that Adams family. Like, <laughs> Valerie stayed over there for the – she spent so – they spent so much time away from their whānau just to make mm. sure that Lisa got her crack. And then she shattered the Olympic record in her um, prelim, like in her qualifying throw, and then went on to, like, put tack on another – and the world record as well, and then went to tack on, like, another metre and a half. So she's found her wow. niche. Isn't it amazing that she only started taking it – doing it full-time in 2018. Think about the amount of success her sister had had, but it just had never <laughs> obviously crossed paths with her. And they're an incredible family just for their exposure that they've given New Zealand.
incredible family incredible and i think that's the nature like at our day and age you know two kids max is kind of where families get to the old days you know you're having four five six and you will never have any more competition than growing up with your brothers and sisters at home in the backyard the backyard cricket events that you play all day test matches the 100 nil hidings i used to get every single weekend just put you in good stead and that's what I kind of get from the Adams fan, they would have just been absolutely pumping each other week in, day out. The, imagine the smash windows. Sorry, Mum. Oh, I smashed so many windows. And, and then, you know, the old school cardboard up with a bit of sellotape for about a, two years because couldn't afford the old window. So <laughs> it was just, oh, memories are flooding back. Oh, Izzy, it's so funny because you're you, so you're on that side of it, right? Where you ended up kicking on having a career, and you were so. My sister Talia has gone on to play mm. for ASU and D one football, and she's a hell of a, a soccer player herself. And yep. like I a hundred percent take credit for it because of what you're saying. Like we used to flog yeah. each other, and she was younger than me, and like she would always be ch- trying to keep You'd up with smoke me. Her, right? I would <laughs> nail her like two feet sliding studs up. <laughs> Like, her, all her ankle issues, probably most of them are from Leithfield <laughs> Beach, me cleaning her up in the campground. Oh, so, like, it's it's honestly so important that just grassroots back, backyard development for athletes. Mm. That in-house competition. That in-house competition. And I, I'm, I want to keep it alive here, and I want my kids to, to experience it. And it's cool when other families come over because you get a little bit, bit of it. But, mate, day in, day out. The night before, you're saying to your brothers, all right, boys, we're waking up at 7 o'clock, we're going to have breakfast, then we're going to go out and have the first session till lunch, and then we'll go away, have lunch, <laughs> then we'll come out and play the afternoon session. You get six batters each, and you set up the field as you put chairs all around the field, and your house is four and six. If you go over the fence, you're out on the full. Like, it's just the best day, and that's all it is. All you need is a bat and a tennis ball with a little bit of sellotape to create a swing, and when that sellotape falls off, that's the old ball. So you just got to make it happen, mate. It's just oh, yeah. I loved it. Tim Southey, you can't beat it. Roll your fingers over it. Let it let it grip in the surf, the Hagley Oval circuit surface. Ah, uh, love it. And it was good to catch up with Lisa there for more than an athlete. And Michael's come through. Freemasons New Zealand Special Special Olympics National Summer Games is from eighth to twelfth of December. Over fourteen hundred athletes and coaches and hundreds of volunteers will be visiting Hamilton. Oh, good on you, Michael. Thanks for. Coming Beautiful. through there, Jade says, "Talk about memories, boys. Knee rugby on the trampoline, brutal. <laughs> oh, hallway rugby with the cousins oh, and just carpet yeah. burn everywhere. Oh, mate, honestly. And you just, you know, how you like try and get that little run up on your knees, and you just, your chest is high. You're like, arms are flowing, and then boff, and you get smoked. Oh, man, I used to get pumped. So, Jade, yeah, I remember that. It wasn't really nice in my household." And I've got a hiding every time. Oh, so good. So good. Hey, um, some great text messages here from throughout the morning on everything we've chatted about. Just going back to the softball, is he? This is one from Cam. Good morning, boys. I'm a massive softball fan. Played the game myself and my dad and granddad played. Um, my granddad used to take teams over to Canada back in the 70s with Papatoi Toi Club in Auckland. Looks like COVID has caused another one of our international teams to fail because of no travel to play. Can't believe we are out of our own World Cup. I'm so disappointed. Hard luck, boys. Cam and Invercargill.